Well, this morning as we continue our study through the book of Galatians called No Other Gospel, we're going to be talking about a gospel testimony. And today I want to introduce to you, if you don't already know, uh, my good friend Andrew Poor. Uh, Andrew is, uh, became a deacon here at our church about uh, a year ago. He's a husband to Kimberly and has a house full of beautiful little girls. He's the only guy at his house, uh, but he loves it that way. And uh, he and I were in a D group together for about a year and uh, went on a mission trip to Southeast Asia together about a year ago. Uh, and uh, today I want Andrew to be able to share with you a little bit about his own story. So Andrew, won't you kind of begin by telling us, you know, what was your life like before you came to know Jesus as your Savior? Well, um, my life before I came to know him uh, truly as my Savior was, you know, I grew up in this church, so I had all the right answers, but I lived recklessly made reckless decisions without uh, conscious or um, really any worry of anything going wrong I guess that's the best way to put it um, mm -hmm. there's no consequences to my decisions mm -hmm. so at some point God began to to work in your heart to call you unto salvation so tell us kind of when that was and and what God was doing in your life at that time right so we we my family um, went to another church for several years, uh, over a decade, and uh, we visited here um, whenever John became the pastor um, for no reason whatsoever, just to see some, uh, actually my, my cousin serving in Southeast Asia, so his kids were here, that's really the reason we came to visit was to see them, and um, started coming here regularly, but the, the, the point of this story was I was sitting about the fourth row a few years ago, right over there, and the song was being played, um, God, you're so good, and I heard the words, you're called, you're blessed, you're healed, you're made whole, you're highly anointed, you're highly favored, uh, you're filled with this power, but it's all for the glory of God. And like I said, I grew up in this church, so I know all the right answers, but for the first time, I felt the Holy Spirit pressing these words with responsibility down on me. And so I made my way up here to the front in tears, asked for his forgiveness, and said, I'll be serving you from this point forward. Mm -hmm. Amen. So when you came to a point of surrender to the Lord and gave your life to follow after him, how has your life changed since then? Well, surely there's a conscience now. And there's consequences to my decisions. So not that I'm perfect by any stretch at all, um, but the Holy Spirit conscious is <laughs> on every decision I make. And uh, that's number one. Number two, um, I'm walking around with a purpose in life instead of just, just being. I'm walking around uh, with goals and plans on how I can grow the kingdom, number one. Number two, um, how I can better my family. So, at this, at this moment, like today, this week, this month, this year, what's God doing in your life right now? So, right now, the biggest thing I've noticed that God is doing is that constantly bringing people into my life that need help. Not just physical help, but spiritual help as well. Constantly people come up to me, not saying, hey, I need help, but for some reason I have a relationship with them, but I did not have it before. Mm -hmm. That is... You know, I feel like if we seek out God, 
he will bring them to you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to seek out people, he'll bring them to you. That's right. Amen. Well, thank you, Andrew, for sharing a little bit of your story this morning. And so today, just as Andrew was able to, to, to share with you a moment that God worked in his life uh, to redeem him uh, and how his, his former life was, was forgiven and now he has been transformed and he is walking with the Lord, every single one of us here ought to have that same sort of testimony today. Uh, you know, there are three, there's three parts to every gospel testimony. And that is what your life was like before you knew Christ. Secondly, that moment that you came to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you called on him by faith to forgive you of your sins and you were born again. And then the third part of any gospel testimony is how God has transformed you and how you're walking with him now. And so each and every one of you and everyone who's watching online has to be able to examine your own life and your own heart and say, has this sort of thing happened in my life? It won't be exactly the same as Andrew's. It won't be exactly the same as mine. It won't be exactly the same as Paul's story. But God has done this work. Has God done this work in your heart? And my prayer is that if you can't answer that question affirmatively, that before this service is over today, that you'll call on Christ to forgive you of your sins. That your life would be a story of God's redeeming power. So if you have your Bibles this morning, won't you stand with me in honor of God's word? If you're able, we're going to continue in Galatians. We're in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 11, considering a gospel testimony today. The word of God says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel preached by me is not of human origin. I did not receive it from a human source, and I was not taught it, but it came by a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I intensely persecuted God's church and tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries among my people because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia and came back to Damascus. Then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to get to know Cephas, and I stayed with him 15 days. But I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. I declare in the sight of God, I am not lying in what I write to you. Afterward, I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I remained personally unknown to the Judean churches that are in Christ. They, set, they simply kept hearing, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. Thank you. You may be seated. Today I want us to examine this testimony of the gospel. And the first thing that we see in this passage is that we are called Uh, unto salvation. Paul says in verse 11 and 12, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel that was preached by me is is not of human origin. I didn't receive it from a human source. I was not taught it, but it came by a revelation of Jesus Christ. And so Paul begins by telling these Galatians that this message is not his message. He He didn't concoct it. He didn't make it up. He says it's not of human origin. This is God's gospel. This is God's story. 
This is God's work. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, He has saved us and he's called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And so God in his grace calls us into fellowship with him. He calls us into a relationship with him. And his Holy Spirit will move in our hearts, convicting us of our sin and calling us into a relationship with God. Even right now at this moment, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, the Holy Spirit of God will be at work in your heart right now convicting you of your sin that separates you from God and calling you back unto him. We feel that conviction and we recognize that separation because of our sin. And the Holy Spirit's job is to point us to Jesus who is our Savior. And this gospel is good news because it proclaims to us that Jesus has paid the price for our sin. For the sin that separates us from God. And we are able to overcome sin and to overcome death through the resurrection of Jesus. And you and I can be forgiven of our sins and washed clean by the blood of Jesus. We must merely turn from our sin, which is what that word repent means. To turn away from our sin and to turn to Jesus and to put our faith in him to save us. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, Peter's giving the sermon at Pentecost, and he says, they ask him, what are we supposed to do? And he tells them, you are to repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And so we have to answer this call of God in our hearts. As the Holy Spirit is speaking into your life or into your life or at home into your life, you have to answer that call. There's, a, there's this moment in your life that you recognize the Holy Spirit at work in your heart and you follow after him. There is going to be this moment of decision. Now, I'm not saying that you have to know that it was at, you know, 1.48 p.m. on September the 18th, 1987 or whatever. Like, you don't have to know the time or anything like that. But you do need to know that it happened. That this moment happened in your life. And this moment happened for me as a senior in high school. I was in a Sunday morning worship service just like this one. When the Holy Spirit began to work in my heart. And I was sitting right over there in a sanctuary of my home, home church. And I can remember during the sermon, I don't even remember what the sermon was about today. but uh, So that's good for us preachers, right? You know? uh, but anyway, I, I don't remember exactly what the sermon was about. But I do remember that the Holy Spirit was just, he was convicting me so much by the truth that was being preached that day. And, and when it came time for the, the invitation, the time of response at the end of the service that we do every week and the pastors are here at the front and it's a time for you to respond to what you've heard, I knew that I needed to respond. Like it was so clear in my heart. 
but I was terrified to go. I was terrified to go. And so I, I stood there uh, holding on to the back of the pew with all that I could, that, that my knuckles were white. Because I knew if I let go, I would go. And so I just was holding on so tight uh, during the entire invitation because I, I knew that my life didn't match up with what the Bible taught. I was, I was basically a hypocrite. I mean, I went to church all the time. I was a pastor's kid. I knew all of the right answers. I knew a lot about the Bible. I knew all the songs that we sang. Uh, I did a lot of the right things. But underneath it all was a heart that was filled with sin. And I knew, and the Holy Spirit was convicting me and showing me that my life was not bearing any fruit of someone who was a follower of Jesus, of someone who had a relationship with God. And so that morning, the Holy Spirit made it painfully clear to me. And so I, but I wouldn't let go. And I did not want to respond because I was afraid what people would say. I was afraid what people would think about me. All the excuses that you have in your mind right now. But the thing about the Holy Spirit is that he isn't confined to work in this room during the invitation time, right? It, it isn't like if I, the song is over and we leave that the Holy Spirit's like, oh, missed out on that one. The Holy Spirit can work anywhere he wants to. And so he worked on me all day long. At home that afternoon, I was just miserable. I was sick at my stomach. I mean, literally physically sick at my stomach uh, because I knew what I needed to do. And so I made up my mind that afternoon that I, that, that night uh, I was going to make a decision, a public decision to follow Jesus. The problem was um, that there was this huge choir performance that night at our church. And so uh, the, the sanctuary was just completely filled, so full that I was, came in a little bit late and I was sitting up in the balcony in the aisle. Like there wasn't a seat. I was sitting in the aisle on the stairs in the balcony. Okay, that's how full it was. So God was like, you should have gone this morning when there wasn't as many people there, right? So, uh, but when the time for the invitation came, I came down to the, down the side, came down here to the front, and I told my pastor, who was my dad, that I needed to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. And there might be some of you here today who need to do the exact same thing. Maybe you've been here for a long time. I was there all the time. Maybe everybody thinks that you're a Christian. Everybody thought that I was, except the people that really knew me and knew that I was... It, it wasn't right in my heart. And maybe today God is calling you unto this point of salvation. The second thing that we see in this passage is the point where Paul was redeemed. So what happens when you trust in Jesus by faith to save you? What happens when you respond to this call of God in your heart? The Bible tells us that we're redeemed by the Lord. In verses 13 and 14, this is, this is Paul's testimony. <clears throat> he says, For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I intensely persecuted God's church and tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries among my people because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. And so this is Paul telling them what his life was like before he came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. 
he was extremely zealous, he says, for the traditions of his elders. He was a persecutor of the church. And he says this is what he formerly was. Formerly means you're not that anymore, right? It reminds us of what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 1. He's writing to the church at Ephesus and reminding them and reminding us as readers today of what we used to be. He says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them and our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, just as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You're saved by grace. And so here Paul is reminding them of that moment of redemption in their life. He says, this is who you used to be. You were dead in your sins and trespasses. You walked according to the flesh. You followed all your sinful inclinations just like they do. He goes, but God who is rich in mercy showed you his mercy. He showed you his grace. And even though you were dead in your sins, he made you alive in Christ by his grace. And all of us have a story. The Bible teaches that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. I mean, he was like a a terrorist of Christians. And he stood by approvingly in the martyrdom of Stephen. But the truth is that each one of us has a, a past. Each of us has a story just as well. Maybe you're a liar. Maybe you're filled with pride. Maybe you're a cheat. Maybe you are an adulterer. Maybe your heart is filled with greed. Maybe you're addicted to drugs and alcohol. Maybe you're dealing with sexual sin. This morning I want you to know that 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 sin doesn't have to define who you are. It doesn't have to be your story. So don't let what is a chapter in your life be the whole book. What right now looks like a tragedy can become a redemption story. Because God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to save you. And so you don't have to remain in your sin. You don't have to suffer in your sin because he has provided the way of salvation for us through his son Jesus. And so there's freedom from those chains in Jesus. There is forgiveness in Jesus. There is release from the shame and from the guilt of sin in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. There is new life in Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. And that's exactly the testimony that Paul is sharing with them. He says, this is who I once was, but I am new. 
I have been made new. In verse 15 and 16 of our passage, it says, When God, who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me. Paul says that God called me, he saved me, he has revealed his son in me. He's done this work in my life and made me a new person. Paul writes to the church in Colossae, Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14, that he has rescued us from the domain of darkness. He's transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of my sins. He's showing this this transference that happens, that you once were in darkness, that you have been redeemed by Christ, and you have been become now part of the kingdom of God, part of the kingdom of light. And this is exactly what happened in my life on that Sunday night of my senior year in high school. I, I came down to the front during that time of response, and I knelt down at the altar right there and prayed beside my pastor and asked God to forgive me of my sins. And I told God that I believed in his gospel, and I placed my faith in him to save me. And I told him that I wanted him to be the Lord and the king of my life and that I would follow him with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And at that moment, I was redeemed. At that moment, my life was changed forever. At that moment, my eternity was changed. You see, I... I formerly was a young man that was filled with pride. I formerly was a young man that was filled uh, with lust. I formerly was a young man who lied and covered up his sin. I formerly was a young man who knew all about church, but now I was a young man who knew Jesus. And God took my sin, and he removed it from me as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers it No more. And he cleansed me by the blood of Jesus. And I was born again as a new creation. I was rescued from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God. And there may be some here this morning who need to have that same thing happen in your heart. The Holy Spirit is calling you. He's at work in your life right now. And there's going to come a point of decision where you will choose to receive this gracious gift of God or not. And if you do, and you turn from your sin and call on Christ to forgive you, the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And today, you can be redeemed in your heart if you'll call on Christ to forgive you. The last thing that we see in this passage is the third part of that testimony, is that his life is now transformed. What happens next after you're redeemed by the Lord? Do you just sort of return to your old way of life? Do you go back to those old habits and pick back up where you left off? No, you you begin a lifelong journey of following after the Lord with all of your heart, soul, and strength. And you're being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit who is at work in your life to refine you and to renew you day after day. To mold you and shape you into the image of Jesus Christ. So what is is Paul's testimony in verse 23 and 24? He says, they simply kept hearing. 
that he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith that he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. I mean, you can understand why they would have been a little apprehensive about Paul, right? I mean, he used to show up at the church house, but it wasn't to worship. It was to haul people off in chains, okay? And so you can imagine that when Paul started showing up at church, there was kind of like, well, somebody please keep an eye on that guy, right? But that Paul is now dead and buried. And now who stands before them is a man who's been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It was a a new man in Christ. That's why he says later in this letter in Galatians 2.20 that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's his testimony. And that should be the testimony of every follower of Jesus. Now, a lot of times we'll try to make these same sort of changes on our own. We'll make resolutions every year about how we're going to live our life differently. Or we'll give up things for Lent only to pick them back up a week later. But that's because we're not talking about behavior modification here. We're talking about life transformation. And you can't do that in your own strength. Only the power of God can make something new. Henry Drummond says that willpower does not change men. Time does not change men. Christ does. It's the Holy Spirit at work in your life doing the, the, the work of, trans, of sanctification and transformation where you're drawing closer to Christ every single day. And this is my testimony. Just like Andrew said uh, at the beginning of the service, um, I'm not even close to being perfect, but I'm not who I used to be. And after that day that I was saved, I became a different person. I became so different that my classmates at school said, I don't know what's happened to John. I mean, something is different about him now. And they begin to ask questions. But even today, God is still at work in me to refine me all the time. And to show me the areas of my life where I need to repent. And to show me the areas of my life where I need to draw closer to him and follow after him. He's working in me to develop godly habits. Because this is a lifelong process of sanctification. I haven't arrived. But Paul says in Philippians 1.6 that I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And that's what I'm calling on, counting on. I'm counting on him to continue this work in me until the day that he comes again. So what's your testimony today? Is your life a story of God's redeeming power? Because every testimony includes these three parts. Your life before you knew Christ, how you were called unto salvation, and how your life has been transformed by the power of God. And so today I'm calling you to consider your own story. And if it doesn't include a time when 
when God called you to salvation and he redeemed you from your old sinful life and now your life has been transformed by God, then it's not a gospel testimony. And my prayer is that before we leave this place today, that you'll respond to the call of God in your heart as he's at work in your life, even right now. So I'm going to ask you to stand with every head bowed and every eye closed as we move to a time of response today. And everybody's eyes are closed across the sanctuary. And I want to ask you a question today. If you're to be honest, and as you look into your heart today and try to answer that question about your own life's story, and if you were to say today, Pastor, what you said just landed on my heart heavy, and the Holy Spirit's at work in my heart, and I, I know today, just like you knew that day, that you need to be saved then I'm going to ask you right now, everybody's heads are bowed, everybody's eyes are closed, I want you to lift your head up and make eye contact with me so that I can see and know uh, that this is a decision that you want to make this morning. So I'm looking across the sanctuary. If this is a decision that you want to make this morning, I'm asking you to lift your head up and make eye contact with me so that I can see and know that this is a decision that you want to make today. Okay, Okay. I'm seeing some folks across the sanctuary. We're going to have a time of response in a minute. And there's going to be leaders here across the front. And they're there to talk with you and to pray with you about this decision. And just like what happened with me that day, the devil might be at work in your heart right now trying to convince you not to respond. Just like the Holy Spirit's at work in your heart, calling you into salvation, the devil's trying to do everything he can to keep you from doing it. And so I want to encourage you during this time of response to come and make a public decision to follow after Jesus. Come and pray here at this altar and call on the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Put your faith in the one who came and lived a perfect life in your place, who died on the cross for your sins, but was raised from the dead on the third day to give you forgiveness and salvation and hope. There might be some at home that are watching, and if this is a decision that you want to make, pick up your phone right now and text the word DECIDE to the number 865-234-3241. And that'll let us know that this is a decision that you want to make. Or right in the comments below, decide. Let us know uh, that this is a decision that you want to make so that we can follow up with you. Christians this morning, my challenge for you is that you would be able to share your testimony this week. Maybe you want to spend some time in prayer here at this altar. Say, God, give me a chance to tell your story this week. To tell the story of what you've done in my life, of how you've changed me. 
to share this good news, to share this hope with someone that needs to hear it. There may be some that God's calling to become part of our church family, to come join. This is a time for you to make a decision like that as well. So if you want to come and make a decision to become part of our church, we'd ask you to come during this time as well. But God, we pray that you would move during our hearts, Lord, that you would, Lord, do the work by your Holy Spirit in our lives, that we'd be faithful to respond to however you're speaking to us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.